Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Julie Migliarci, founder of Revent Consulting, an event planning company that specializes in virtual and hybrid events. Fantastic. Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. How are you doing? Doing pretty fine right now. How are you? I'm good. It's Friday and it's beautiful outside. So no complaints. I plan on working from hammock right after this. So <laughs> now you're just showing off. We had a bit of sun this week and now the clouds are coming over. I mean, Michigan, I'm, I'm British. I've not been used to this weather. It's like, oh my gosh, just where's the spring? Where's the summer? Come on, people. Really? Coming from England? Yeah. Like my memories of England, it's always gray and raining. <laughs> how, how dare you? How very That's, dare you? <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm from look, Paris and it's always gray and raining too. So <laughs> you did not come here to talk about the weather, but I'm British and I can do this all day long. So, hey, Julie, can you expand a bit more on you know where you are with your business today and the kind of people that you love working with? Sure. So as you said, we do a virtual and hybrid events. Uh, I am one of three uh, partners that run Revent Consulting. And we are three and a half years old. So we launched uh, right before the pandemic because we've been working in the streaming space for 16 years. And we saw that our clients were less worried about the technology working and they really wanted more event planning and consulting services around running hybrid and virtual. So we launched with the idea of A, being platform agnostic, so finding the right technology for the client but really having a consultative approach to the full process from video production, platform um, solutions, to setting up the event, to executing the event, and what do you do after the event? So just helping them through that journey and filling into their mold versus us forcing them into ours. Um, And it's been a really, really fun ride. Nice. So, so you you had quite the roller coaster with everything going on. So as you launched, then of course the pandemic struck everyone down, which I'm guessing kind of played into your hands slightly because then there was a whole wave of everyone going virtual. There had to be this new way of working. So whether it forced your hands slightly or just you know, reaffirmed, this is yes, this is the way. I can see the future. How do we? God, how do we how do we help people right now to continue their business when um, people are shutting down or panicking left, right, and center? So, what was it like for you as you you made that step? You're like, yes, this is the business, this is what you want to do, and then challenge number one, which is out of your hands. What was that like? 
Uh, I mean, we were five months old when the pandemic hit and we were just, you know, getting started. We were starting to get a few clients. Things were starting to become, we were getting rebooked. Like we were hitting those early milestones that were really exciting. Mm -hmm. And then I was just telling the story earlier where the pandemic hit and all of a sudden our phone, like we didn't need a sales team. People were just reaching out for help left and right. And we were still figuring out our processes because we came from a giant corporation and, you know, all of a sudden, like we're learning QuickBooks and how do you pay contractors and do we take credit card? Like we were still in that process of figuring out all those little things about running a business and the pandemic hit and our phone started ringing off the hook. We'd have days and there's three of us where we were running a hundred events in one day. So it was totally nutty, but through that, A, we learned our processes really quick. Like mm. this is how we keep our doors open. This is how we keep our clients happy. And through that, we gained a very loyal client base. And Touch, only touch base on, on that client. point. Just that, yeah. so yeah, by doing so many and working so quickly, um, it's not about sort of firefighting all the time. You had to, you, you were forced to get the processes, get the systems, get the procedures, everything down. So it runs like clockwork. It's not, you have to remember or tweak or um, really to have that sort of hands-on approach. It's how do we make this work across the board? Did that play into your hands? Was that a conscious decision or was it like, fuck, we just need this. This is how we need to do it. It was a mix of both. So there was a lot of like total panic. Like, uh, okay. Like moments where I would stay up, wake up at three o'clock in the morning and be like, are we going to get through tomorrow? Like total panic. And we always did, but it was also one of my partners, Dan is really, really good at research. So mm. he immediately were like, okay, we need a system to track all these events so that we, there's no way to remember every little detail of every event that's happening. So he did research, he played around in various formats so that we found our home to hold that information, to then mm. assign the event to the producer that's going to run the event, to do a task list for every event that is, you know, repeatable and so that we could really scale really, really quickly. Uh, for those out there, we use Asana, we love it, but we did do our due diligence to try everything to make sure that it's sustainable and we still use it like every day mm. so in that rapid growth we there was moments of pants but we also knew that we needed to pause and make the right decisions so That's... that we didn't have to redo it again big point there big point there about yeah during that rapid growth during that panic to make sure you make the right decisions and that can sometimes be so tough because what is the right decision? You can spend way too long researching and finding the perfect platform only to realize it doesn't quite do it, which you'll only really know once you're you're in the trenches, you're doing the work. So hindsight is a great thing, but yeah. it's how do you find that balance of uh, trying everything or just going all in? Where where What helped you to make that decision? Because I know a lot of people are trying to work out what the best thing in this is so overwhelming and we don't want to make the wrong decision. Um, it's tough. It's really hard. And I'm one of those people that rarely has decision paralysis. I'm one of those, like, let's just make a choice and go. I have two partners that are the yin to the yang 
So one is very cautious. The other one is sort of in between. And between the three of us, because it's a collective, we make the decisions together. And sometimes that delays the process. Sometimes it accelerates depending on whose voice is louder that day. But I think sitting, well, you already cursed, so I'm going to go for it. Sitting in your own shit is never going to help you. So helping and doing calmly and finding a path out of it is where you're going to succeed. If you're going to just sit in it and stay panicked and do nothing, you're going to fail. So by having the three of you, you're all kind of slightly different, probably different mindsets, different personalities, different experiences. Do you think that's actually really helped you rather than if it's all on you? you may have taken it in a different direction or someone else may have been way too cautious. So what, what's it been like to, yeah, what's it been like to manage the three of you together? Because obviously it's been successful, but behind the scenes, it's like there's there's more to it than that. It, it, is, it is tough to find that balance. There's blessings and a curse, right? It's a blessing and a curse, 100%. I, same time, I could not have done it without them. Like, and I don't think, I always think they would say the same. Like we... First of all, we worked together for years. So we came in knowing we could work together. That I think is really important when you enter a partnership. Like know that we were friends, mm. we were coworkers, we were collaborators, and we knew each other's pain points. Like we knew each other's weaknesses. It's like entering a marriage. You know, you want to be careful of who you're choosing as your business partner because breaking up with your business partner is worse than getting a divorce. So enter it carefully. But, you know, I've spoken to other, my, one of my old bosses in my previous career started his own company. And when I called him to tell him we were doing this, he was like, oh, good. You have partners. He's like, that's my one big regret is I did this on my own. I have nobody to bounce ideas. I have nobody to, to stop my worst intuitions I have or to elevate my better moments like that we celebrate together we cry together we sometimes get angry at each other but at the end of the day we're so happy that we're working together but even having those different personalities and yeah getting angry with each other if you have a shared vision if you know exactly where you're going you know the mission you know what's what you want to be doing, how you want to be working, that's all been agreed. So there are the nuances to it. And there's different options, different threats, different opportunities. But if you know where you're going and have that agreement, then okay, you are as one. So with this, with this partnership, what would you say is because being an entrepreneur, it can be a lonely fucking place. It can be oh. so tough. That's why communities, coaching, being around the right people, whatever that looks like, not just friends and family, because if they're not entrepreneurs, they don't understand. They don't understand. And they may say dumb shit that's actually not helpful based on their fears and what they're looking for. So it can come with all the right things, but sometimes it's not very helpful. So has, has that been one of the biggest things to have the other two people around you that help you when you're down, when you're maybe losing faith, when you're, you can't see the wood for the trees. Oh, 100%. When I feel overwhelmed or I'm like, I don't know how we're going to get through this week, this month, or, you know, beginning of last year was a little difficult for the virtual space because everybody went back in person and it was mm. like a big whiplash from COVID. Uh, now people are going back online, which is real. It's interesting how things ebb and flow 
to have that partnership and to have people that care about Revent as much as I do. Mm. Because my husband, my family, like they know that I care about this business, but like for me, it's my third child. Like it's my baby. And for Dan and Tony, it's also their baby. Like it's something we all created together and we care about, we want it to succeed. And it will only succeed if we put the energy into it. Yeah. But that statement there, it, it's my baby. Now, th there are two different trains of thoughts. One is, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Another one is, there's too much pressure. Oh my gosh, the pressure on this. Um, someone so beautifully said, it, I think it was maybe Elizabeth Gilbert, um, that swap it around. You are its baby. Now you get a different perspective on this because if it's your baby, oh my gosh, I've got to keep it alive. I've got to do all these things. Maybe you're too protective. There is something in that that's like, oh, isn't that interesting? And it's super interesting. Maybe play with that because there's there's something in that. It's a bit freeing because being the baby probably means when you first started, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you were there was that need to have it work. You knew the hybrid space was revolutionary and would change other businesses' lives and their revenue and their impacts. So you may be undercharging, over-delivering, trying to do too much, trying to build it because oh, yeah. you're you passionate. just described our first year and like a little <laughs> nutshell right there. <laughs> and and yeah. that's where that that need, that that desire comes in. Again, blessings and curses, they, they come together. So yeah. as you've gone through that particular journey, did you hit a point where you kind of realized this and was like, hold on, we're completely... We've over-delivered. We've gone the other extreme. We've got to rein it back in where the clients don't take up every single waking hour. We don't have to go above and beyond. There's no fear of, if I say no to this, what if I lose a client? All these things that can be so uh, demanding and actually controlling for a, a new business. Oh, it took us probably about a year and a half to, we call it the life is too short list, where we realize we don't have to say yes to every client. Uh, we've actually let a few clients go nicely with like, mm -hmm. here are some vendors that we would recommend for you where we knew it wasn't working for us. And it wasn't because it wasn't working for us. It wouldn't work for them in the long term. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you also learn at the beginning, we were so, we didn't know what our price point was because there was nobody else doing what we're doing other than huge companies that obviously were charging money that, wouldn't be appropriate for us to charge. So finding that that zone, and it took us about a year and a half to figure out what we were worth and to set boundaries as well, because that first year and a half, I mean, we granted it was COVID, but we worked our butts off. Yeah. When, when you say about charging your worth, I want some advice and some tactics and something from you there, because that is a key part so many entrepreneurs, agency owners, consultants, whatever industry you're in, it's like, where the fuck do I start? I mean, yeah. literally pick a figure out of the air. You can do that. Absolutely. Some of our that. pricing was literally me on a call with somebody asking how much do you charge for that? And me spitting out a number. And that was the first year. You're like, I'm like, $5,000. And because you're on the spot and you never thought about it before. And then mm. you sort of, then we started doing our research too, as more companies like ours came out, the woodworks during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are they charging? For example, we looked at Zoom does Zoom support. 
what is Zoom charging for their Zoom support? Because we also offer Zoom support. And so I started comparing apples to oranges where we could have an aggressive price point where we're cheaper than Zoom, mm. but still not so cheap that people are like, what are these guys doing? So like yeah. figuring that out and do your research and sometimes just throw a crazy number out there because it might be seem crazy to you, but for somebody else, they're like, yeah, that's perfectly reasonable. And you never know. And I had yeah. an old boss years ago who would always say, even like, because we would resell vendors. She's like, just because they don't know their market value doesn't mean we can't. Like, always never assume what you think is the fair market value is the client's fair market value. Mm. It can go in either way. So figure out what you're comfortable with, up that or down that based on your personality and see if it sticks. Yeah, finding that it's, it is about doing it. It's about one of the one of the quotes is say as at the highest price you can by keeping a straight face. And yeah. it's it's funny as business owners you have to try this, but it's but it's money, it's cost, it is the the elephant in the room. It's things that you can't talk about, you think you shouldn't, but we're in business. It's kind of the point. So it, it is that dance of trying to work out what is it. And I think that the point about you, know, it's up to you. You can do whatever yeah. you want. Test it. Work with it. Enjoy. It oh, fucking hell. Try to enjoy it. Try to enjoy it. And now we know our price points. We're comfortable in them. We know our value. We're also, we've reached a point where we're comfortable when a client's like, we can't afford you. And I'm like, I like, I understand that. And I'm comfortable with that too. Like, you know, like we know our value now, but that takes a little while. And that takes some experimenting. Like yeah. nobody... People they're like, oh, I know what I'm worth on day one. They don't know what they're worth. <laughs> Give it time and settle in it and see what sticks and see where it lands and where it takes you. Mm. So now you're yeah, you're you're years into this, doing well, trying to help educate on the benefits of this hybrid, hybrid events. What it what is how is it gonna help? How can you oh, how can you mess up these events? What's the, the best ways to do it to move forward? So as you reach more people, as this becomes more sort of mainstream, um, you personally, behind the scenes, how many kind of different hats do you still find yourself wearing as you've, as you've grown? Oh, uh, HR, accounting hat. Uh, I jokingly, we, don't, we didn't give each other C-level suites, but I'm jokingly, I'm like, this is your uh, weekly CFO report. Uh, we still with our clients, we're a coach, we're a mentor, we're friends. Like one of my, one of our dearest clients, like she sends me a GIF a day just to get a laugh. Uh, you know, you end up wearing all these different hats for the business, for your clients, and then for your family and friends. And I don't think that's gone down over time, mostly because we made the decision early on to stick with contractors and not hire uh, so that we could be more nimble based on how the industry, because the event industry fluctuates. Like it has big highs and big lows. So we could stay really nimble. So we've mm. managed to, we stay with that multi-hat small business process. Nice. And what's it like for you as as one of the business owners, because wearing all these different hats, trying to be these different things to different people, it's beautiful. It's hard. 
it's also balancing the work and the personal life. Um, what's it like for you behind the scenes? Because this roller coaster that we always talk about on the Unforget Yourself show, it's it's easy to talk about the business, the business challenges, what's going on there, what why it's not working, why it's so tough. But to rate it back into behind the scenes of okay, what what role am I playing in this? What's going on there? Talk to me about what you know about that, what you see you doing, and maybe your partners that's maybe not congruent or helpful, but oh my gosh, as humans, we we have this superpower to overcomplicate and mess up everything, right? Uh, oh yeah, as humans, we could really, we're, we're not always the most stellar as human beings if you look at history. Um, I think my biggest lesson in the beginning was I that first year and a half put heart and soul into Reva, mm. working hours upon hours upon hours upon hours. And then at one point, one of my daughters came into the room and asked if she could get a job at Revent. And then I sort of read between the lines that that was, she saw that I was all consumed in this endeavor mm. to the point where I was ignoring her. I mean, she even went on our website and filled out our contact us form saying that she's interested in a position she was six years old, just perspective. One that's adorable too. That's heartbreaking. It's um, how do I get the attention? And it, that, what you just said there, it's that goes across the board. It is tough. Right. It was so hard. And that was my moment where I was like, I need to put the, I need to find a balance. I need to be available for my partners. I need available for my clients, my business. Uh, If I don't put the energy in, it won't be successful, but it's also okay to stop at 6 p.m. It's also okay to, unless we have a weekend event, to not work weekends. The books can wait another week. Mm. Like everything can wait. If I don't get to my social media posts today, then I'll do them tomorrow. To reprioritize was key. Yeah, year one, logically you get there. Logically you knew it fucking doing it now that's a different kettle of fish oh my gosh so that's that's the year one challenge what about year two what was that like for you where are the challenges year two was figuring out so year two was we're starting to come out of covid was you know how where do we transition next our business was rusted we thought pre-covid that we were going to be more of an in-person and hybrid event planning company During COVID, we saw the real need to be a virtual event planning company with a Mm. hybrid component. That in-person event, the market's already very saturated with event planners. Like that was our niche. That's where it brought us. So now all of a sudden COVID's ending, clients were going back in person as they should. Not every event should be virtual. Uh, But where do we fit in in that? And that was year two is prepping for that impending transition. Mm-hmm. One of our biggest clients during COVID, we were doing overflow for a big company that was doing hybrid uh, virtual events for other companies. And they kept us very, very busy. And all of a sudden that volume started trickling down because they got less busy. Mm-hmm. We got less busy. So how do you lose your biggest client? Not because you've done something wrong, but their business has changed. So you're now your business is changing because of that. So how do we transition and how we prep for the next step? And that was hard because nobody knew. 
So getting ready, reestablishing contacts with AV providers so that when hybrid came a knock in, we were ready to roll again mm. and could really help the clients finding different platforms that work better for hybrid versus the full virtual platforms. How do you do a hybrid Zoom meeting? Because Zoom wasn't really a big thing before COVID. How do you do a hybrid Zoom meeting with two-way audio? How do you do hybrid now that attendees, hybrid pre-COVID was just pointing camera at a stage and people were watching television? Post-COVID, what does hybrid look like now? Is it more engaging? Is it two-way? Is Do the audience want something different? So like figuring all that out was mm. definitely year two. Um, there's a beautiful journey happening here. The first year, it's panic stations, heart and soul goes into it, work-life balance goes out the window, the foundations of your life, kind of rocky. Year two, it's okay, niche down, look at the offer, look at the position, look at what we've learned, where are we going, what are we actually doing, making it more solid. Cool. Year three, what was that? Year three, that? Uh, we're in it right now. Uh, I would say now it's figuring out who our ideal client is. So year one, we're accepting everybody and their mom. Like we did funerals when recommend doing those. They're so sad. Uh, year two was who are we really like settling into that year three? Yeah. We're, we know both things. So now who's our ideal client? We've worked with many companies. Who are we going after and Why? And having a strategic approach to that, to who that person is and how do we find them and how mm -hmm. do we let them know who we are? Nice. So you can see how this is building the foundations of a, of a, of a solid company. Everything is set in stone. You know exactly what's going on. So this phase you're in right now, what's, what's the hardest part for you personally? What What is it that's just keeping you up at night because you've gone through the other iterations. So you've had all these different, different yearly challenges. It's now different. So now you think, oh, this next level, you've lost those other things. You've got that sorted, but shit, you've now got this aspect. What is that for you personally? Uh, I think our, so all three of us are ops people. We were working for the company, somebody else sold it and we made it happen. And we knew coming in that we could Op, like we can do this mm. now you're three you're one you're two the phone was ringing like people were finding us you're three now is when in order to go after this ideal client which is the fortune 100 space is we have a few clients in that space they're awesome easy going repeat business like you know it's it's the dream scenario they're really nice like everything's great so how do we go after that client None of us are salespeople. We have no idea how to go. So what we've been doing this year is trying different things, like yeah. just doing things. I'm taking, I'm working with a coach to help learn those skills of what's the best way to do a sale. You know, is it the dreaded cold call, which I still haven't yet stomached? Mm -hmm. uh, is it a mailer? Is it an email address? Is it hiring a sales rep? Is it a freelance sales rep? Like how, how do you break into that space? And that's what keeps me up at night because that's our growth plan and where we all want to be. But how do you knock on that door? And not, none of us know how. So it, that, that's we're trying the to learn. Every single business ever 
I mean, everyone we speak to, it's like, yeah, I need more leads. I need more clients. This is even at the next level. It's like, okay, things have changed. Things have evolved. Now it's the things that used to work aren't working anymore. And you know, the noise is it's hard out there. The recession is looming. All these things are happening. There is the flip side of that where there is a lot of opportunity. There is so much good happening. But we always come back down to the authenticity of this. Finally, your authentic sales system, which we lovingly call the ass. No one fucking likes it. But, oh my gosh, <laughs> it needs to be the right thing for you. So as you've gone through all these different things, what is it that you don't like? What, what have you been trying that's like in your heart? It's, it's killing you, heart and soul. It's, it's hurting. Uh, I mean, oh, that's a hard one. Uh, I, I hate doing sales. I hate it. And it yeah. does follow me more than the guys. Uh, they just, that's not their personalities at all. And I'm, I'm a big extrovert. So you, you drew the tell. short straw. You're like, yep. I drew the short straw. Uh, there's days I love it. There's days I hate it. Um, <sighs> I find the ask to be very difficult and I'm almost apologetic about it. And, and I think that's, that's a problem and I'm trying to figure it out. And like, I know we can deliver. I like, once we have a sale, once we normally talk to a client and they can see what we can do, we close 80% of those calls mm. because we know what we're doing, but that fear of getting yeah. that call is what is my like so the two aspects there there's the one there's the there's the cold market there's the the, the cold audience which needs to be problem aware solution aware understand what it is that you do so this is i think is the the status where a lot of people love referrals and word of mouth and ah oh, this is where i like my business of course it is because it means you don't have to sell it means that things are yeah. easier for you it's a oh my god yeah it's, i love networking mechanism Things just like trickle in. I'm like, let's continue networking. Exactly. <laughs> However, one, that's not scalable. And number two, isn't it so tough? Because that gives you false a sense of maybe security or, or skill level or processes to get someone across the line who knows you, who likes you, who, who sees everything about you and has all these referrals. And they, they have the trust value. They know exactly what you're yeah. all about. To take that into someone who doesn't know you and then see the stats drop like a stone and think, but I'm doing the same thing. What's wrong with me? Oh, I hate this. Have I failed? Yeah. It's really, rejection is scary. Rejection is unpleasant. Like it's, yeah. Why What's the biggest that? thing for you? Is it, is it the, just going sort of top level, is it fear of rejection? Is it fear of loss? Is it um, worry about how you're being perceived? What, what do you think it is that's kind of like that little controller? I think I have a fear of asking. I'm not an asker, I'm a doer. And to ask yeah. feels, makes me feel very vulnerable. Like I'm not going to ask somebody to fix something for me. I'm going to watch six YouTube videos, spend 17 hours and do it myself. <laughs> like that's who I am. So to ask is a very unnatural thing. And that's step one. Oh, so is, have you struggled whether it's business or professional? I think it all sort of merges into one at this point. Is, is it, are you, do you not want to ask for help? Is, is that a barrier that you've maybe had to overcome as you've built this business? 
ish. Like I'll ask for help sometimes. Like we work with different platforms, but like I'm always very apologetic. I'd be like, I'm so sorry to bug you. Uh, you know, like it makes I feel like I'm bothering people when I'm at, when I ask. And that's difficult. And when you're selling, like I see we have many people in our community that are professional sales reps and they are never apologetic. They come in there like gangbusters, like, hey, you need this. And that's the attitude I have to find, like to not be like, oh, do you do webinars? And being a little shy about it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's tough. So learning that, but I'm working with a coach and he's great. And he told me he's going to find my inner lion and I trust him in that process. Oh, fantastic. Love that. Yeah. Having people sort of guide you through at all different levels and all different expertise is like, it's, it's kind of crucial at this point where, you know what you've got to do, just can't do it. What about that? So, so what's, what's the, what's the goal? What is the goal for whether the rest of this year or next year? Where are you going? Where's your focus? Our goal this year, we have strategic like number goals. Like we want to do X number of events with the average price point and <clears throat> X number. So mm. trying to reach that pretty much our goal is to actually do less events, but build more per event so that we can have more of that work-life balance. We can do, do better work for each client. Like those are goals. Our long-term goal, I think like most small companies is who wants to buy us? <laughs> but I think most small businesses, if you talk to them, like that's like the long-term goal. I don't see my children taking over the business at mm. any point. So, Ooh, and then we come back down to that cycle of you said before, but this is your baby. It's like, oh my gosh, there's another transition to have to get over when it's like you you knew this, maybe you avoided it. And now at the point of, you know, how do you step away? How do you sell? Whatever it might be. Yeah. But it's my baby. Oh, and there's another emotional roller coaster to sort of work if through. I'm, but if I'm its baby, then I just grown up. Ooh, like, and then you're back to your earlier point. Like I just grew up. Then you're free to. Get out there into the big bad world. Off you go, because you know that. Yeah, yeah, it's, go, it's seen you yeah. mature. Oh, again, flip around. Love that. Beautiful. Flip it around. I love your point earlier. Like it's so good. Um, but yeah, I think we want to eventually get to the point where, and I think we're gonna get there based on our, like, our projections. Like in the next two years, to hire people, to start mm -hmm. building out a team, to start more managing the business and less the day to day. Like. That's the goal that will eventually lead us to a point where we become attractive. So that's the one thing that you were scared of or worried about through logical reasons. Have contractors. Yeah. It helps you be a bit sort of flexible and, and agile in this environment. But you know that the only way to sell or move out is to start to remove yourself from this. And yeah. then there's another transition, being able to let go, being able to have things done that maybe aren't exactly how you would do it or in a way oh my gosh the fun and games that's going to come up so oh it's going to be interesting and I know of the three of us I'm probably going to have the hardest time letting go <laughs> I oh, fantastic. at least you're but... honest about it it's like cool I know that okay what do I do about it love that yeah. hey Julie thank you so so much for sharing everything that you do within the hybrid events your business and also behind the scenes as a business owner um it's been it's been fascinating thank you so much thank you
You're so, so welcome. Look, if people want to find out more about you and the amazing work that you guys do, where can they find you? Uh, they can go to our website. So we're revent.consulting, not .com, .consulting. Uh, you can always email me at julie, J-U-L-I-E, at revent.consulting. Uh, we're on Instagram, LinkedIn, all the social channels. And just reach out. And, you know, if you have an upcoming event and you just need a brain pick, please pick my brain. Uh, I am. It is there for you. We want you to succeed whether or not you're using us. So please reach out with any questions, however mundane it is. Uh, we're happy to help. Beautiful stuff. Thanks so much. If you're curious, go and check that out. But Julie, thank you so much again. This has been so much fun. Same. Thanks, Mark. Welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.